man, thank you guys so much for being flexible and uh, patient this morning. Uh, the roads weren't bad, but uh, we got here and just were sliding around everywhere. So uh, thank you guys so much for, for being flexible. But um, what we're kind of going to be doing this morning for our abbreviated time together, it's good to, to be in here with the family, is we're just going to read through the account of the cross. And uh, we're going to take communion continue worshiping, we'll have uh, our collection, and then we'll close our time today with a baptism. So, um, yeah, it's great to be together with the family, regardless of the weather, amen? If you would, go ahead and turn over to Matthew chapter 26. During this time, let's just go ahead and really open our hearts and really reflect on the cross. Reflect on the love that was shown for us. You know, for those of you who were here last week, we started our series entitled Love Driven. And uh, we talked a lot about who God is and who we are. God is righteous and He is just. And we are sinful and unrighteous. But He loves us so much that He came down to take on our punishment because He loves us so much so that He could continue to have a relationship with us. So let's really focus on that during this time this morning as we take communion and draw close to God and with one another. Amen? We're going to start in Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse 36. Then Jesus went with His disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And He said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with Him, and He began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then He said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My Father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may Your will be done. When He came back, He again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So He left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then He returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, Do what you came for, friend. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested Him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I could not call on my Father and He would at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the Scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? In that hour, Jesus said to the crowd, Am I leading a rebellion that you have to come out with swords 
and clubs to capture me. Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching and you did not arrest me. But this has all taken place so that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance, right up to the courtyard of the high priest. He entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence against Jesus so that they might put him to death. But they didn't find any, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two men came forward and declared, This fellow said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Aren't you going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you're the Christ, the Son of God. Yes, it is as you said. But I say to all of you, in the future, you'll see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, He's spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look, now you've heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He's worthy of death. Then they spit in his face and struck him with their fists. Others slapped him and said, Prophesy to us, Christ. Who hit you? Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway, where another girl saw him, and said to the people there, This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them, because your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses on himself, and he swore to him, I don't know the man. Immediately the rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went out Verse 11 of chapter 27. It says, Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at the feast to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, Which of you, which one of you do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew it was out of envy that they handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message, Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests 
and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? Asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus who is called Christ? They all answered, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, let his blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus to the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put him scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to, they led him away to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink, mixed with gall, but after he tasted it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified uh, when they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him, him there. Above his head, they placed a written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right, one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests and teachers of the law and elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants, if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on his staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. 
the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and, and those who with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. Many women were there watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much. As we reflect on this uh, story, what happened to your son, and God, to look at all those steps along the line, Father, of seeing his friends betray him, seeing the, uh, the hurt that was caused, the, the emotional separation from you, Father, all these things, the mockings, the beatings, and we ask ourselves, why? Why did he subject himself to that as we put ourselves in that same shoes? At what point will we stop and we say, no, that's enough. I've had enough. But yet, he didn't see any obstacle that was too hard to go through because he loved us. He loves us. He saw and he sees the emotional state. He sees the hurt in people's lives today. Father, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, you know, I could just imagine he was thinking about us today in this room this morning. I mean, we changed our service so that we could have a time to focus on you. God, that is the most important thing, to look at your son, to reflect on his life. God, because all the hurts, all the injustice, all the reasons why we can have an attitude with our brothers and sisters or the world or just have things that are unresolved in the heart. But when we look at Jesus and all the things that he could hold against us and everyone else, he didn't. God, he just surrendered it. He surrendered his will to you, God, and trusted in you. And we can see that. We can see the fruit of that, of changed lives. We're going to have a baptism today, which is so glorious, God. God, we are so grateful. Father, for the example that as we go through life and we're trying to figure things out, God, that we have an example in Jesus to imitate. Father, I pray that our hearts are just humbled as we read these scriptures. God, that we are humbled to just really look at Jesus and not try to justify our life, but God, to really follow him. Father, to follow Jesus in all that he did and his attitude of the heart. God, so that we can trust in, trust in you even more. So, God, we, we are just so grateful that you've included us into this kingdom, into the plan. God, we pray that as Jesus, we lay down our life. And, Father, that we trust in you in everything that we do. Father, thank you for your son. Thank you for loving us. I pray this in your son's name.
God, you're so good. God, you're so Gracious Lord, Father, you have just given us so much. Father, you, you've given us your son that we read about, Father. You've given us uh, life. You give, you give us the air that we breathe. Father, you give us just the forgiveness of our sins, Lord. Um, Father, you, you are amazing. You give us so much love. Um, we are so, so in debt to you, Lord. Um, at this time, I pray. Um, that we can just consider these things and just reflect um, all the things that you've given us um, and, and just really uh, give back to you, Lord, just uh, the first fruits of, of, our, of our offering to you, Lord. I pray that we can really 
um, honor you, Lord, just with this um, giving at this time right now, and just really um, just reflect on this. Your son. Okay, as the uh, baskets are passing, got the handful of announcements for us. Uh, currently, our, our singles weekend, that was actually, that's currently going on uh, in Kansas City. I think there was close to about 150 singles from around the area coming in, so it uh, sounds like it was a great time. Our marriage retreat is going to be next weekend, all right? Fired up about that. Come on, baby. Um, and there, for, for those that are not attending, there still will be service here, same time. Okay, um, and then the following Wednesday on the 20th, we are going to have a Married's Midweek, and uh, we were supposed, you know, all this ice has been crazy, we're supposed to start our Midweek series last Wednesday, but the, our series is called Patterns, okay, and so uh, we're looking at patterns that we see in the world that can seep into the church that may not be beneficial, it may not be what God wants for His church. And so on the 20th, we're having our Marrieds Midweek. We're going to be talking about patterns we see in marriages in society that may not be what God designed for His marriages. Amen? So uh, come ready to discuss. Come ready with scriptures in mind to kind of guide our discussion. Um, and then uh, I'm going to have Michael come up. He's going to make an announcement about the Coffee for a Cause, which is this Wednesday. What's up, guys? So we were supposed to announce this last Sunday, and then we were supposed to announce it on Wednesday, and then, of course, yeah, we had technical difficulties, and then the snow and ice and everything. So anyways, this Wednesday, the 13th, uh, we are having our second annual Coffee for a Cause. Um, yes, amen. Uh, benefiting Hope Worldwide. So last year, we had, uh, we had a nice turnout. It was at Signs of Life downtown. Um, this year, the format is a little bit different. It's a little bit more casual a little bit more of kind of a come-and-go sort of experience. Uh, we have already asked several people to perform, um, like, sets of music. So, like, Rob and Jaden Milner, uh, Kelsey and Tyler Mosier, and then uh, some other artists, like, from around town. I know Odalis and Grace are going to be uh, doing something also. So that'll be their musical debut when they go, uh, when they get to, like, top 40. You heard them here first, right? Um, anyway, so that's this Wednesday from uh, 6 to 9 p.m., that is at S&S, uh, the coffee shop over on Iowa Street and 23rd. Um, it's like where the Foggy Dog used to be, that like, sports bar that like closed down. So anyways, for all you Laurentians out there. Uh, yeah, so it's like, it's over there. 6 to 9 p.m., you don't have to be there the whole time. I know a lot of you guys uh, had told me, like, your family groups meet on Wednesday. Come have your family group at, uh, at S&S, amen, yeah? You don't, even, you don't have to engage at all with the performers. You can just come and, and hang out and support. Um, it's really important that we just come in and support this cause, though, uh, because I think this is, uh, all the money that we raise is going to go to the scholarship fund for uh, Hope Volunteer Corps, um, which, of course, you all know that I'm very passionate about. So, um, yes, please come out and support this Wednesday, 6 to 9 p.m., uh, SNS. Coffee for a cause, not beer for a cause, right? Even though it's where the foggy dog was. Um, okay, a uh, couple quick announcements. I want to introduce the Lane family. If you guys could go ahead and stand up real quick. Uh, they just moved here. Come on. They moved here from uh, the church in Syracuse, and they're out in Fort Riley. So uh, if you get a chance, please pull them in. Excited to have them here with us. And then 
Uh, bittersweet, this is Joy Garcia's s- maybe last Sunday here. So she's going to be going to Bolivia for this up for the rest of this semester. She may be coming back over the summer, but guys, let's please, 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 please find her, give her a hug, uh, encourage her, and let's really be praying for her as she goes to Bolivia for the next few months, okay? So uh, we're so grateful to have had her and all the time we've had with her here. So Joy, we love you. We're going to be praying for you. Um, Okay, at this time, I'm going to have the uh, ladies come up. We're going to have a baptism.